hey, 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 Laura, Laura, Laura. Yeah. You know that whole uh, like, oh, I made an AI do listen to blah yeah. blah 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 I, blah. I made an AI listen to My Chemical Romance on repeat for three years, and now it wrote its own My Chemical Romance, like that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I I made an AI listen to every episode of Mabim Bam, and now it's yeah made its own yeah fifth brother. Exactly. Where where are we where are we going with this? What have you done? I have made an AI listen to all 190 intros of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. <gasps> oh, okay. Uh what what have you got? Well, I wanna... well, let's read it out together. Uh intro, exterior, daytime. Several people are asleep at a bus stop. Oh, oh, in- yep. okay. Yep. That's uh, quite a setup. Yep. Um uh, it is very cold and and open here. Ha ha ha! There are two meanings to open, and and the coldness implies that it is it is one of those cold opens like they have on the Saturday Night Live. My hair is now on fire. Oh no! Everyone applauds. Yep. Someone yep. someone dances down the street just past us. That. Yeah, that's very that's very queer and pleasant strangers right there. Oh, well, a police officer falls over. Yay! And is run over. Yay! And then catches fire. Yay! And oh, and and then um tell me about things that you have seen and interacted with and uh, audibly understood. Uh oh, okay, yeah. No, that that's that that is I guess the things we do. Uh yep. Uh, tw- two queer trans ladies. Yep. Well, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they got that, that right. That, that, that's one that we regularly talk about. Um, skits. It's just a list now. It's just, oh, it's just become a list. That is a very accurate summary of what we're talking about this episode. It, it, yeah. Like that's that's a little bit. Uncertain. It's almost like they're looking at the show notes. Oh, huh. yeah, that's the. Hmm. I mean, I guess. I guess. Well, well, that good. Just about got it, I Good. guess. Oh, and then, um, so I have to do the laugh TM. Oh, yes. Ah, got you. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnet Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet Dale. And we're here with another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. That we wrote ourselves. Exactly. This is a scripted episode that we did and not an <laughs> AI. We're definitely reading this off a script. Look at our natural script writing abilities. Ah, uh, it's been a week. I oh, feel yeah. like every quip starts with us going, oh, a week has occurred again. That's because we live in post-Brexit Britain. I mean, we, we live eventful lives. Events occur. We are here. We live in a... Uh, we we sure do live in a society we, like that movie s- The Joker Man. The, like The Joker Man. Yeah. Society like Charles Joker Man said, we live in a society. Oh, it was Charles Joker Man. Yeah, Charles Joker Man from I the movie see. The Joker Man. I see. Yes. <laughs> uh, mm. what, what have you played this week? What have I played this week? Yeah. Things I've interacted with with my fingers. Yeah. We uh, played some things together. Tell me about Mum and Dad else? came over. We played some Tumult Royale. We did. A we... game they've apparently had a while but never played. Yeah. So a little bit of background. My parents are very um. They have 
historically played a very small number of board games, and they enjoy board games, but they don't play outside of their comfort zone, and they find rule books a little intimidating sometimes. Yep. Um, like, they play Monopoly, and they yeah. play Clue, <laughs> and then they learned Daisy des Catan. Yeah, like, like, Settlers of Catan was about, like, you know, the most sort of complicated they'd, they'd made it to. Well, I mean, they had to downloaded an English version of the, the uh, yes. rule book because they got it in German, didn't they? Y- indeed they did. Daisid Lavongatan. Um but yeah, we've been trying to introduce them to slightly more complicated oh not even more complicated, but just more interesting different board games. Like we uh we talked about before we got them um uh Azul Summer Pavilion. Mm-hmm. Uh Ste- Ticket oh, to Ride as not, well. Not not uh Oh uh not Summer Pavilion, Stained Glass of Sinestra. Um but yeah, they received a board game and they were a little intimidated to try it, but also they wanted to try it, so they brought it to they brought us. Brought it to us. They were the, like, "Hey, can the board you, game gurus. Can you help us learn board game?" And we, you know, did our best to read through this not terribly well written instruction booklet, but we sort of muddled yeah. our way through and worked it. Wasn't it wasn't even one that we could just go on YouTube. Oh yeah, it... there's a couple of video reviews and a, like a couple of playthroughs, but no, like here's a three minute watch it. Here's like, Rodney how Smith to play. teaching yeah. you how to play it. They, I do, they managed to find the one Rodney didn't pay attention to, I guess. Um, I wonder why. I mean, I didn't think it was a terrible game. It's got some balance issues in four-player. It really I think. does. Um, but like, here's here's the gist. Um, you've got a grid of um, different kinds of places where you can build stuff, mm-hmm. and more uh, populated areas where you can build more things will be more expensive to build on, but you know that's a space that you can keep coming back to. And the general idea is that you're collecting you're collecting resources with which to build statues in order to because control you're royalty. Your yeah, because you're royalty. royalty. Um, and popularity is used for reasons as well. That's your other mechanic. Um, there's some mechanics in this game I really like. I don't think they necessarily work, but I like the concepts. Like it's a push your up game. Game. So the whole yeah. point is you will have all these tiles in the middle of the table. You will have 20 seconds to try and snatch them up. They will have one of three different icons on. Uh, Bread, Um, stone, and hammers. Yep. Uh, But the gimmick is is that you spin this little wheel before you start, and it'll be a certain number, uh, usually between... I believe it's between two and five, with uh, three and four being most common. And the deal is, hey, that many of each resource have to be left in the middle at the end. Um, So if it's, let's say, four is rolled... There's going to be a value of four bread left on the table, four metal, four hammers. And if that's not the case, there is a consequence for the player who took the most resources, who was the most greedy. They will use all but the one of their lowest denominations. Yeah, it, it's basically, hey, you were too greedy, you don't get to keep most of what you took. Mm. And I like that bit of the game. Yeah, I think that bit of the game works really well. Um, yeah. I also like that if you have... Um, there are other resources that, like, you will probably have more of eventually if you haven't been winning, like, if you're falling a little behind in the game, which, at least in theory, will allow you to deduct a number off of how many you've taken so that you'll be less perceived as greedy. Um, but it's only one. Yeah, that's one of the balance issues with this game. That that needs to be... Slightly. Yeah, the, the reward for being in last place needs to be a slightly increased amount of greed you can have to let you compensate and catch up. Mm. I, th- I feel like two or three reduction 
in resources would really open up catching up a bit. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, I think you could totally house rules this to be a lot more playable or a lot more, a lot better balanced. Maybe. Um, but yeah, that's the gist, is you scrounge as many resources as you can, try not to lose them by being too greedy, then you've got a purchase step of, uh, I can either build on an adjacent space for paying its cost, or any field or forest for paying double the usual field or forest cost, mm-hmm. if you've trapped yourself in a corner and need to sort of leap away. And then you're just building edifices to your own glory. Yeah, like... I didn't dislike the game, but it has problems. And the game can end any time after about the fifth round, based yeah. on uh, the disparity between the large, the person who's done the most and the least number of statues. Yeah. Um, the first, like on the, I think it's on the fifth round. Like if there's seven between the two, then uh, the winner is declared. If there's yeah. uh, five in the next round, yeah. three in the round after that. And- a difference of seven on that round really isn't difficult to achieve really? because let's say you're... Well, especially not in yeah. four player. Yeah, in four player, there is a real, like, uh, resources scramble and, like, you being in last can, like, really drag on for a few turns. Mm. And if you're in first, let's say you've got a lead of five, being able to put two statues down for free if you uh, get the most popularity by overspending on purchases, which you can probably do because you're in the lead... That's a quick way to go, yep, and now I'm even too even further ahead of that. Like, it, yeah. that jump, it doesn't feel like the game needs to rush itself to its end point that quickly. I mean, I think it... I didn't particularly want it to go on much longer. Yeah. I was quite happy that that... Yeah, it, it felt like it needed to build up, like, hey, you are approaching an end state yeah. better. It, it, it Both games, it felt like the ending came sort of out of nowhere with a little bit of a lack of fanfare. Yeah. I don't know if that'd be better in two-player, but, like, the balance on this game doesn't feel right, and I'd be very curious if there's any good fan tweaks to the rules. I don't know if it's popular enough to, re- to receive those. Yeah. That, I feel like giving the person in last a bigger greed catch-up bonus would help a lot. Maybe. I feel like not giving double bonuses on those last four rounds would really help. Like, uh, maybe a higher penalty for when you become the royalty and you get to place a free statue but you lose popularity. Yeah, like, it does feel like maybe you should lo- lose more for yeah. that. I feel like maybe losing ten for becoming the royalty, getting two or three reduction for yeah. being in last place would be change the balance of that game in a way I think would probably help rubber band it a bit. Yeah. And also there is a degree of just plain boring luck. Because if you are not picking up the tiles that you want in the, the thing, I mean, they're all random and face down. You, yeah. you can't guarantee that they're going to get them. And then also the fact that you take some tiles out of the pool before you start. Oh, God, yeah. Like, there was that one round where like everyone was like, there was no stone to be had. Yeah, I couldn't. You... And stone is the one yeah. thing that you need to do everything. In yes, you took a single stone tile and that was that made you the greediest player. Yes, so I, I took one that had a value of three on it. The f- but the fact that I had only taken one tile was enough because there were, I think there was one other stone yeah. that somebody else had but... and all of the rest had ended yeah. up in the chuckout. You pile. took what was a very reasonable number of resources to take. Yes. And were fucked over. And you were already in last place and were just like, oh, I guess I'm 
in last place for a bit longer because I can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, it feels very difficult to recover and just yeah. not interesting enough. And not likely enough to make the first place person lose ground. But, like, I didn't have a bad time with it. I, I am glad that, you know... I'm glad I gave it a go, but it's not a game that I would, you know, ever recommend to anyone. Yeah. But it's it would not be on on my gift list as recommendations. I I played this and was like, I would much rather tell people go play like Little Town or something. Yeah, Little Town's adorable. Yeah, it's it's adorable. It's great. It does what this does a lot more effectively. I think yeah, you get to build a thing, and it's not about. Like grabbing resources from yeah. from the populace I mean, I, and potentially yeah. leaving them to starve. Yeah, I mean, I do like that the mechanic is we don't have enough food. We are literally just gonna take it from the greediest person's hands. I'm like, yeah, I can get behind a little of that, but yeah, equal distribution. Exactly. Uh, we played some other board games as well, didn't we? We did. We played Pandemic. We taught your parents Pandemic. Yeah, my mum seems really into playing more Pandemic. I think the fact that we lost had a lot to I, do with that. I suspect that she's got the, no, no, fuck you board game. I'm coming back and I'm going to destroy you. We lost by literally a single turn. Yep. It was like, if we can survive this infection phase, we can win. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree. I get the impression my mum got that like... <laughs> Oh, we were so close, though. <laughs> oh, we could do this. And I'm like, yes, you see. Um, I was really impressed with how quickly they took to it yeah. and that they seemed to get what was going on and, yeah. like, uh, didn't require too much hand-holding about yeah. turn choices. And you um, can tell that we weren't quarterbacking because we lost. <laughs> oh, exactly. Like, there were some suboptimal moves made. Didn't didn't say anything about them. We were just like, ah, make do the thing. Because I didn't want them to have the same experience I had with my very first game of Pandemic of like, well, I might as well have not fucking been here. Exactly. And like, because that was the thing. Like, my dad's first response uh, was like, oh, you can just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And we'd be like, no. <laughs> this game has a habit of people doing that. We want to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, like, my, my dad played as the, um, the, medic. the medic, which I think he got on really well with because yep. it was like, here is my character's one very clear goal. Here's the thing I do. Mm-hmm. Um, again, uh, my mum played as the quarantine specialist who, again, very simple, like, yep. hey, if a thing's going to explode, if you can be there, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, we had fun. Yeah. Um, I was very pleased to see them get on with a good co-op-y, like a good board game. Yeah. Like, a, the, like a good the, board game. So the fact that we played that and, and the game we're going to yeah. talk about next. And we, at the end of the day, they were like, uh, we think, we're thinking about getting rid of Monopoly and Cluedo. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, the other one we're going to talk about as well, like both of them, they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah." If 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 if, if, if you're thinking of a Christmas, if you're strapped for a Christmas present, yeah, idea we, for we, us. We, either of those two, we found two board games that they both <laughs> played and went, "Yeah, I I'd, I'd like to own this." Mm. And I was like, mm, "We did it. We, we get we're converting them." And here's the thing: if we get them pandemic, let's say by you know winter festival this year. <laughs> I reckon by next year we can have them on Pandemic Legacy. Yeah. I think we could get them there. Yeah. I think I think Dad would really enjoy the <laughs> the the oh, we open a box, things change, what's happened? I think Dad would like that. Yeah. I think Dad would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll give it we'll give him a year to get good at regular pandemic <laughs> first. We'll we'll let get him get good scrubs. Yeah, we'll we'll let him get get the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, should we talk about the other board game we played with them? Yeah, let's talk about Sushi Go Party. Yeah, we've talked about this one before. It's yeah, uh, it's an adorable card drafting set collection game. Yeah, you have a hand of cards. You take one, pass them to the next player. You keep going until you've picked all the cards. Um, depending on combinations of them you have, you get points. Uh, Sushi Go Party specifically has a bunch of different variations of like, hey, change what things are in the deck and they'll score differently and that changes how you play. Which, such a wonderful, wonderful idea for mix and match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can make, you get a good variety of different types of games. You get the fact that like you can play it with like better with larger and smaller groups. Yeah. Oh, mum, mum was hustling us on that. Oh yeah. She won almost every game she played. She kept like just a slight lead. She she really was getting it. Yeah, I was really curious what she was doing because she was sitting next to me, so I was yeah. taking all of her cards. And for like the first three rounds, I was just constantly being given dessert cards. I was yeah. like, "What's going on? Why are you giving me dessert cards, student?" Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to play the game. No, but, but she had. She still won. She had a plan. She played the long game. She yeah. she was not going for the flashy stuff that was like everyone's going for. Mm. She was going for the like, right? How can I make points out of other stuff? She was yeah. thoughtful and she. Oh yes. Really got it. Yeah, I mean, they play, like, card-card games. Yeah. Like deck, a standard deck of card games. So I figured something like Sushi Go would be great for them. They they were very eagerly like, ooh, we think the grandkids would get on with this. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was like, mm, yeah, this is... Yeah. And you can yeah. play it with, like, a large enough group. Some of those sets will get way more vicious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, you can play that. Yeah. You know, with the kids, maybe pull out something like the, the chopsticks. Yeah. But I imagine you could make, like, a nice set out of that to, to play with, like, young yeah. kids. And uh, I, it's really nice watching them get on with, with good games and be yeah. like, oh, I want to play this more. I'm like, yes, join... Join, join, join the board game collective. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna tell you all the good ones. Yeah. We'll teach you Clank eventually on a wild time. Yeah, I think they can handle Clank. They know moving around a board, and I think they yeah. could handle buying power and attack power. Yeah, as things, I think they could manage that. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, that that is probably gonna be like the next big one. Yeah. Or even, like, a stepping stone to that might be Star Realms. Like, I think we could teach them Star Realms. I mean, if they hadn't been so into, like, dropping hints about, if you want to get us a, a board game oh, for UDP, yeah. get us one of these two, I was considering getting them something yeah. like Dominion. I mean, spoilers, I suspect we'll probably get both of them for them. They, they seem to enjoy them. Yeah. yeah. Hooray, we had a good board game time. We did. Oh, Do you want to talk about some other things? Oh, I can talk about some other things. I've been playing some some of them Blidio Blames. Some Blidio Blames? Yeah, the some of them... Mons and such. Computed, computed videos. Uh, yeah, I've started playing through Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Yeah. Um, so actually playing through it on official, you know, hardware what? and stuff now. Um, I mean, I was always doing that. Um, so yeah, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond... Um, Diamond and Pearl was a generation that just kind of hit me at the wrong time. It's one we of my... about this as was your GCSE. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was one of my least... Uh, least taking things in years of my life. <laughs> and what I'll say about Diamond and Pearl, I know that this is probably ultimately a positive, but for me it's not how I like Pokemon's uh, games working. This game does a lot of... Hey, go to a town, there's a gym, you can't go there yet, just keep going, you'll come back to it later. Mm-hmm. My brain has a lot of tasks it feels like it has to remember and go back to, and I'm like, 
no, let me go to a town, do basically everything, and then progress. Let me yeah. let me be my methodical self. Um, yeah. And I feel like this didn't help with the original game and, like, mm. my... Like, the, po- the Pokemon in the game are great. I love their designs, I love their attacks, I love, like, the Pokemon themselves. I don't gel well with the weird, um... The fact that many towns in a row will go, oh yeah, you're gonna have to come back here later, just don't worry about it, just keep going. I'm like, that's not what I like. No, you like, I have cleared this 100% and moved on to the next thing. Yeah. That being said, it's a Pokemon game, I'm having a great time. I'm glad. I've been saving it as my, like, quiet nights where I can just, just play this. It's just for me, it's just good. And I notice been... you've been avoiding playing when you're stressed. Oh, god, yeah. I, 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 here's the thing. If I'd gotten to the shiny hunting stage, I could do that while uh, stressed because repetitive actions and whatnot. Mm. The going my first time through the story, nah. If I'm not in, if I'm not in the right headspace, not gonna play it. I mm. wanna engage with it when I'm in the right state to enjoy it properly. Yeah. Uh, particularly given its non-linear nature, I wanna mm-hmm. go in, go in right. But as I, as I've said before. It's a very, very by-the-numbers Pokemon remake. Um, it is not the flashy, over-the-top remake that many of the other past uh, Pokemon remakes have been. It's a perfectly serviceable, nice-looking, good-sounding remake. Um, there's some little bits of changes in there that are nice for shiny hunting, and particularly for like making shiny hunting techniques that were a bit obtuse a bit more accessible. Um, you can have Pokemon running around behind you, which is always the best thing. I like that. I'm a big fan. Let mm. me have my little chimchar run around behind me and toddling around. Mm-hmm. I like Pokemon. So it's it's good Pokemon. It's a good Pokemon. It's good Pokemon Diamond, but it's neither brilliant nor shining. <laughs> I well, it might be shining in that the plot introduces a little bit of stuff about emphasizing shiny Pokemon a little bit. Um, this is a little bit, which is good for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it. I, I've never been the greatest Diamond and Pearl fan structurally, and this is not the most impressive remake of a Pokemon game. It's still a Pokemon game. I'm having a, I'm having a lovely time. Yay! What about you? You played anything else? Oh, yes. I played some, some video games myself, you know. I, I, I occasionally delve into those. Yeah. I played some Dicey Dungeons, because that <gasps> oh, came yeah. to Game Pass. Yeah, I've played that. It's all but- right. Yeah, it's a little RPG. You play as dice. Yeah, you have people uh, that have gone on some sort of uh, game show thing, and part of the thing is you are sent into the dungeon mm. by this slightly fey game show host. Yes, yes. Like, yes, it's my um, my monkey's poor wish will come for you. Yes, it's a bunch of people who made wishes that had negative consequences and now their dice seems to um, be... Th- so basically, the, the, it's like, what do you hope to win from this yeah. this game? Well, you're going to have to be a dice and go into this thing, and no matter how many times you win, you may not actually get what you want, or we might not give it to you in the way you think you will. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a roguelike. It's a justification for a roguelike. And... Yes. It's been a while since I've played it, but I seem to remember the way it works is you roll a bunch of dice and then you pick what abilities to slot them into that that will require or benefit from certain dice. Yeah, so you have six small or three large or any combination of slots that you like. Yeah. And you will sort of put plug abilities into into it. And you might have an ability that's like, um, put anything below a three here uh, or three or below, and you will get that much health. Yeah. 
or put a five in here and you'll do a really big hit, but it has to be that specific number. Or cumulatively put at least five in here and that will do two damage. Yeah. So it's a good way of just sort of throwing your junk dice into it. Yeah. And there's a good variety of... It almost feels a bit deck buildery in how you collect and decide which abilities to run. Yeah. Yeah, to run with and how to set them up so that, like, most numbers you roll will do something useful. Yep. Um, and then you've got all the different there's the six different classes because they're all yeah. six so everything mm-hmm. happens pretty much in multiples of six yeah um, there's the robot one who's got quite an interesting mechanic mm-hmm. uh, where instead of like rolling a dice well they they do kind of roll a dice but it adds up into a, a total and they can potentially like keep like pushing the luck to gamble a bit higher and roll another dice roll another yeah. dice and they'll either cap out and get a jackpot. Or they will like completely bug out for having yeah. sort of gone too far. Yeah. But there are a couple of abilities you can unlock that will be like, even if you glitch everything, you can still have a dice spot. So you can yeah. still use that final die. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's and the uh, the the uh, the witch who has um, how to put it best. So she's got spell slots. Yeah. And you unlock more spell slots, so instead of having uh, the individual items sitting in your pack, you have at, like actual slots. It's like, okay, I'm going to learn this spell. It's going to yeah. go here. So whenever I roll uh, a, a four, this w- I can put this down onto the, the, the board. I have four open slots that I can put spells mm. that I've learned into, and then I can use the dice to uh, actually play those cards yeah. themselves there's there's some neat mechanics they play around with yeah. there's some interesting stuff i in actually there. find the, the some of the later characters way more interesting to play oh, than the first ones 100 percent. i think it falls into the trap of um trying to simpler uh, give you the simple characters first at the expense of them being interesting mm. and it, you have to sort of stick with it long enough to go oh there's cool shit that I'm going to unlock. It's like the early characters are not particularly... Eh. Well, I did a run with the first character and I was like, cool, I really like that. And then it was like, you have to... to in order to progress, you have to play with the most of the other characters. Oh, yeah. And then I played with the thief. I was like, I don't like this. I just want to go back to the other one. Yeah. Okay, well, at least I finished the thief. Okay, I guess this one's going to be way, way worse. And I played the next one. I was like, oh, it was actually pretty good. Because I think well, that's the robot. And then like... It got sort of progressively yeah. better. I wasn't sure about the the witch at first, but then really, really yeah. got into that one. The, the thief is not a good second one. No. It really put me off trying new characters because I, I, it felt like a significant downstep from the first uh, yeah. the base dice. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the second, uh, like second uh, episode, I think they call it. Yeah. Is way harder than the first. Yeah. And I've been having less fun trying to sort of bang my head more against that and, and try and get through. Mm. Uh, what about you? What have you played? Uh, well, the thing I've been playing while Brain has been very busy is I've been playing a bunch of The Binding of Isaac Repentance. Ooh. Finally came to Switch in Europe, uh, considerably delayed after the Switch version anywhere else, which was considerably after the PC version. But... Binding of Isaac Repentance is uh, apparently the final DLC for The Binding of Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, it adds a bunch of new levels, it adds a bunch of new items, it uh, 
redoes a lot of the animations and the uh, the audio mm-hmm. in nice ways. Like, there's a lot of things that were simple animations that are now like, oh, there's a lot more frames of animation and a lot more elaborate animation going on. Mm. New sprites for a lot of enemies. Like, it's a nice visual overhaul. Yeah. Um, I have really been enjoying the new weapons. There's a lot of really fun synergies to play around with. Mm. Um, there is... Uh, a weapon that makes uh, your tears uh, cause rifts that will pull things in and do big damage to them, uh, which synergizes really well with the brimstone laser because it has a, I think it's like a 20% chance per hit, oh. but the brimstone is doing hit, 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 it's doing so many like consecutive hits, you're yeah. getting the rift really consistently. Um, there's um experimental upgrade or experimental uh, resource or whatever it's called where a, you will get a random combination of big stat boost and big stat drop uh, in some combination that you won't know until you take it. And, like, the benefit will be real good, but you don't know what you're going to be sacrificing to get it. Yeah. Um, and there are ways you can play around with that. There's some fun new Devil Room items. Uh, one of one of uh, one of my favourite ones of those I've been playing around with is the fake PhD, uh, or like the 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 yeah scam PhD or something. And the deal is, there are no longer just good pills. Uh, pills that are t- only have a positive effect, no more of those. But every bad pill now has a good effect countering it. So. Every pill becomes some good, some bad, usually more good. But again, you you know that every pill you take is going to hurt something. Okay. Um, Which, again, can be fun with risk-reward playing around builds and can... A, a lot of these you don't know what's going to go up and what's going to go down can lead to some like really wild, like, oh, that stat's amazing now because it keeps shooting up in ridiculous amounts. Sure, I'm going to have to play around my limitations, but all that. That's what I'm building around mm. now. Um, I like I like some of the the, the new bosses. Um, there's an adorable little fly that is a murderous bullet hell friend. But it's baby. It's just a baby that wants you dead with bullets. Um, that's that's been that's that's definitely the best new boss. That's the. <laughs> there's also one that just looks like uh, Bumbo from uh, the Legend mm-hmm. of Bumbo and stuff. Uh, but very big and. Like like a bull sort of charging headfirst towards things. Uh, this is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying the Binding of Isaac Repentance. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know, I might try it again. I I bought the original Binding of Isaac. Yeah. The unfinished doesn't have a joypad, doesn't have eight directional movement. Oh. <laughs> I also have the basement collection, so I have the prototype version <laughs> of Isaac. Um, and then I got Afterbirth. Yeah. I think, which was the second or third mm. um, thing. So, and I'm not great at it. I've only ever defeated Mum once. It was on a live stream I was covering for you. <laughs> yes, and I you, never managed it. Since. You, you had the pressure, and you're like, "I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a gamer. I'm gonna do it." <laughs> the power of an audience of about a hundred people was yeah. enough to push oh. me forward. <laughs> Very much appreciated. Sometimes that's how it. Sometimes that how it is how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not good at the binding of Isaac, but I enjoy it, and I enjoy. I feel momentarily you say you're not very good powerful. At it. You are brilliant at it. Like you've got all the way to Satan, and I've never got that far. I, I am. I'm certainly not bad, but I also lose a lot. A, a lot of runs go nowhere. 
But I have fun regardless, and it's one of those games that, like, once every year or so, I'll go real hard on for a couple of weeks mm. and just be like, that's... Mm, those mechanics are good, and the gameplay loop makes me want to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. What else have you played? Uh, I think that's everything I've played this week. Have you played anything else? I've played a good few other things. I'm going to nip <gasps> through them. Ooh. I played some Guild of Dungeoneering, because that was free on Epic. Tell me about that. Um, It's a... It's a dungeon crawling game. It's a very simple dungeon crawler. Yeah. Uh, played with cards. Uh, depending on what kind of class you are playing, you will have like a different base deck. And then you will have pretty much the same sort of um, cards bumbling around as loot in, in the dungeons themselves. So you, the story is that you, you have set up this guild of dungeoneering. You are basically putting up posters going, yeah, you come and... You come and uh, come and come and do some dungeoneering with me, and I'll take all the money. Ah! And you're sending these people out as sort of chumps to go and do dungeon crawls. This reminds me of that a little bit of that board game with the shop we did of like you go off and do the thing. We'll give you the gear and yeah, um, it's bargain quest. Yes, it, I, I know it's not the same, but it, it's got those vibes. Yes. It sounds um, the uh, art style for the most part, like the the maps where you build. Your 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 guild are like a pen and paper RPG. It looks amazing. Well, the um, as you build the the map, uh, the the dungeons themselves, those are like uh, also like a a pen and paper RPG. And then you'll like bump into a monster and have like a little fight, which is done as a card battle. Mm. It's um, it's a fascinating idea. I don't quite like the way they keep using stupidity as a stat at the beginning and the way they talk about that. But overall, the game loop, now that I've got a bit more used to it, is kind of fun. And I didn't pay for it, so I don't feel guilty. Yay! So, um, yes. Like, initially I was trying to do like a, oh, I'll just keep dragging my dungeoneer around in circles and just level them up and level them up. Nope, they sort of cap out at about level four or five. Yeah, they clearly anticipated you. Well, I was like, I'm just going to try and make money. I'm going to try and level up because I'm. that's how I play dungeon crawlers. I want to be a bit over level before I go and fight the boss. Yeah. Some of them seem to be sort of puzzly. Like, yes, you, you okay, you've got uh, seven moves, seven turns, try and power yourself up and then fight a boss. Yeah. Or you, you've got a couple of moves and then you're going to be chased down by a giant mimic. Hmm. Um... And I haven't quite worked out what they want me to do necessarily with all of those. But yeah. I do seem to be progressing now that I've, I'm just going, okay, I will do fight like four or five things to get me to level four. And then I'll go and fight the boss as quickly as possible. Yeah. And all too often it really does feel like it's falling to, to like random stats. But perhaps yeah. I do need to just like unlock more. Um, armor and equipment, because at the moment there just yeah. isn't the armor and equipment. I mean, even if that even if that is the case, it feels like not great early game design. Um, I don't know if I'm just bad at it, but like now that now that I am having slightly longer runs, it's it's not feeling quite so bad. Yeah, and I've got like a good number of different classes open. Mm. But it feel, very often feels like oh, you've got like a couple of classes open. The whatever the newest ones are are the only ones you're really going to be using. You're going to be, yeah. you kind of want to have like at least two of a certain level, 
Mm. Uh, or two two types of, of like whatever the highest level you can possibly get are running at the same time. Yeah. So that you can like, oh, that one died. I'll go and do a mission with that class yes. now. Okay, another one of those has come in while this one was out dying. I'll come in and do that. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but like, it feels like my bottom level ones have largely been just been forgotten now. Yeah. Like, but I, I don't know. I guess they just stand around in my guild now. Maybe they yeah. can work in the gift shop. I don't know. <laughs> um, what else have I played? I played Piku Niku. <gasps> Piku Niku! I finally got around to playing Piku Niku. Oh, that game's great. It's kind of adorable. It's adorable and uh, has more interesting things to say than I anticipated it would. Yes. So I'm a big fan of uh, the Katamari games. Yeah. I enjoyed Watam. I know a lot of people really didn't get on with that. They were like, from the creator of, of We Love Katamari. Uh, no, uh, Katamari Damashi. Uh, play Watam. And they were like, I don't get it. It's just people holding hands and, and things. Things to find. And I found it oddly yeah. charming. And like, a lot of people were like, I don't get this game. I mean, look, you have to, you have to be accepting that this isn't going to be what a video game usually is. If you go in with that mindset, there's a lot to love. We're holding hands and making stacks yeah. of friends. Hey, friends! Yeah. <laughs> being being friends and doing, having a nice adventure with, like, nice colours and things. Yeah. And Piku Niku is you wake up in a cave, you chat to a ghost, and then you go out and destroy capitalism. Yes! <laughs> hey, hey, what if, what if the most colourful, cute, adorable thing you've ever seen was about anti-capitalism and big long legs. Big long legs. I, I unlock the arms. <laughs> I unlock the arms. Though there is a way of getting arms as a, as an, as a like an item that you can wear. Because <laughs> basically you go through the game as just this ball with a pair of eyes and and little big, leggies. You're, you're an oval with eyes and big long legs. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and they've got the, <laughs> a very sort of fluid... Um, movement like walk cycle it seems like a very chill little walk yeah and it, it it gets in trouble for kicking things quite a lot yeah there's a lot of personality in that walk cycle there is and also like when you start to get hats and things <laughs> yeah, like the, sun, yes. the sunflower hat yeah it's like i'm a bright and colorful <laughs> and then the water hat it's like i water the flowers and then i jump on the flowers and then it's... i go go oh. to the beach and met a crab oh <gasps> That game's so charming. I forgot how charming that game is. I need to go replay that game. But then game. at the same time, it's like, oh yeah, you have to kick the sp... Because I I was like, oh no, I've come out of my cave and everyone's scared of me, but uh, that's not who I am. I'm not yeah. the bad person. I'm like wandering around not being the bad person going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Looked up a walk through. It's like, oh, you need to kick the spider across the hole. Why would I kick the little spider? The spider is friend. Yeah. <laughs> but literally, I could not proceed until I had kicked the spider. I know. <laughs> but I mean, after that, capitalism. Also, like, I didn't... I didn't learn about the role mechanic until quite late. Yeah. Again, I had to look up a walkthrough. I was like, I cannot get through this. What am I missing? Is there, like, do I get other skills? No, you've had a role ability this whole time and you didn't know. Okay, maybe teaching me the buttons would have been helpful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is a, a an oddly charming little game about destroying capitalism and Yay. kicking people into space. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Um, and the last thing I played, I finished 100% Lego The Hobbit. You were having a bad time. A bad time. Stop playing. Like, like a lot of games. I get to a point, it's like, 
Oh, I'm fucking finishing this game. You, you, you do. I was gonna say you love, but you frequently do a good spite finish. <laughs> you will spitefully complete a game. I will. You're like, I, I'm not gonna let this shitty game fucking beat me. The thing is, like that. I think ever since I hundred percented my first Lego game, and I can't even remember which one it was. It definitely wasn't the Lego Star Wars games. <laughs> ever since I hundred percented my first one, I was like. Okay, you know what? I think I think I'm just gonna keep doing this. Every time I sit down and play a Lego Lego game, I'm gonna hundred percent it. Like any any of the ones in that sort of style. So not yeah. like Lego Worlds. Fuck Lego yeah. Worlds. I mean, I I one hundred percent get it. They're they're the they're, they're the kind of like uh kind of fun mindless collectathons that can be kind of fun to a hundred percent. And they're kind of manageable for the most part. Yeah. Like I've done Lego the Lego Star Wars one and two. I've done Lego Force Awakens. Um, I've done Lego Lord of the Rings. I've now done Lego The Hobbit. Mm. Uh, I've got Lego Batman 2 DC Superheroes. Mm. I played 85 minutes and walked away because that is not a good game. Yeah, this also wasn't... This one got a real fucking fetch quest grindy. There's 250 mithril bricks in that that you need in order to access the 13 red bricks, I think. And there's just so many quests... And there's one of them that is just really badly signposted. Yeah. Like, I can see that thing on the map. I can see how I get to that thing. But I cannot open that door. And there's, like, people all over forums on the internet going, it's broken, it doesn't work, what do I do? Oh, I changed the graphics, I did this thing, I had to uh, teleport to this area and then ride a horse this way around the town. And one in five chance that it will work. I played most of the way through the game without the power-ups related to what was through that door that I needed. Luckily, all I had to really do was, as soon as I went in and handed the mithril um, fishing pole to somebody nearby, unlock the whole thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden there were like eight more quests I could do, like back to back to back to back, because I had everything else I needed for it. It was this one thing I was being locked off from. Yeah, 300 side quests sounds like a lot in a game that already expects you to grind resources. Yeah, it it, it feels really weird. I Like, I looked at my, like, Steam stats for the other LEGO games I've played. Yeah. I've only played, like, an, like 10 extra hours on this than I have on any of the others, mm. but it felt so much longer. It felt very disrespectful of your time. So disrespectful of my time. Like, I don't even know what it was about this game. Well, I can tell you what it is about this game, I, I reckon. I think I've got a theory. Much like the Hobbit movies... They wanted to be faithful to the movie source ma- the source material that is the movie and overly bloviate and drag out what should have been a f- much shorter experience. Oh yeah, and don't even get me started on the fact that like it's based on the movies, so I had to deal with all the stuff that's in the movies that's not in the books that just grates on me as somebody who grew up with like yeah. a lot of like Hobbit and Lord of the Rings media. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Is that everything you've played this week, then? Yes, that's everything I've played this week. Well, then. Time for this. Hello and welcome. Today's updates. Mundane but nice things here on the news. Things we have done that make us happy. On we go. I had a very nice sausage sandwich for breakfast. It was very nice. It was very warm in a cold morning. I woke up and found that my socks 
that I'd remembered to put on the radiator last night were lovely and toasty warm. <gasps> so I rolled out of bed, popped them straight on, and had very lovely warm toasties. I had a lovely, lovely cuddle with my kitten this morning. A tiny little baby of a cat. Oh, little fluffums. Exactly, exactly. Tiny little baby had a lovely cuddle. That's a lovely baby you've got there, Fluffums. Oh, yes. I saw a picture of Fluffums. Fluffums is adorable and the best kittens. Oh, oh, that's lovely. I plugged a USB in today. It went in the right way first time, first try. <gasps> you didn't have the, no, uh, didn't the USB superposition issue. No, exactly. Wonderful. This has been another update of mundane but nice news. More of this every time the bleak alarm goes off. Oh, there it goes, there it goes, there it goes. Okay, I guess we're back sooner than expected. Uh, more nice things. Puppies! Oh, that was, oh, that was delicious. Thank you mm. so much. Most um, welcome, anytime. I, I, I must ask, can I, can I get the, the recipe? I'd, I'd love to make this myself. Oh, ah, uh, um... Yeah, oh, um, it's uh, um, I'm, I'm, uh, some onions, uh, you know, just uh, some onion, like about that much. What, like an onion? Well, it's, I mean, it depends on the size of the onions. There's a lot of different sizes of onions. About that much onion. Uh, okay. Okay, like just like if that like was a, a big sphere, hand. like that handful bit of sphere. If that would no, if you put your hand into a big pile of oh, chopped okay, that onion, much. about as much as you could fit in that much of a hand. Okay. Right, and then um, just some some carrot. Y- yeah. Like how, a, how like many? like about that long. Oh, like one carrot of about that length. One or, or or two smaller ones. What what have you got lying around? You know, I'm not. Uh, three celery sticks. Okay. And then you do them into like three and chop them up. Yeah. And then like a little bit of oil and then like some some protein. You want to re redo the protein? Yeah, like, like how, how much protein? Should Just I like have? A, one of them again. We're, we're we're doing the handful measurement again. I mean, I, that's what I've got. I've got hands. I mean, you do have hands. Yeah, I know like, you also have like scales. I bought you some. Yeah, I use those for baking. Not not for handfuls of protein. No, just like a handful of protein. Okay. And then like a bunch of garlic. A bunch of garlic. Like about that much. That's like, like a. F- that's a smaller handful. That's like a fistful. Well, I mean, yeah. They say you measure garlic with your heart. I imagine my heart is about that big. That's, that's uh-huh. about how much garlic I want, generally speaking. Okay. You enjoyed it, right? You yeah, no, it was delicious. Well, there you go. Just... Garlic, good. Bit of smoked paprika. Yeah. Like, just a... Like just, a just, just a... just a weird fluttering of the hand. <laughs> yeah, just a just weird... A, just a, I'm sprinkling fairy dust so that Peter Pan can fly off to Neverland. Oh, no, a bit more than that. Uh, okay, slightly more than Neverland. Okay, a one point two Neverlands worth of paprika. Maybe a two Neverlands trip around oh, the pan. Okay, a two Neverland trip around the pan of smoked paprika. Okay, and then like uh, maybe some uh, like uh, some liquid aminos. Yeah, yeah, and then you like fry it all together. Yeah, and then. Maybe add some like gravy granules if it's a bit thin afterwards. If if it's like a bit watery. Oh yeah, I forgot. There's like chopped tomatoes in there as well. Put the chopped tomatoes and then you rinse the the chopped tomato and then like you don't want too much water, but about that much in the bottom. 
and then you just pour that in the pan and then you simmer that for about 10 minutes and if it's still a bit runny after that as i say just put some some gravy granules and that'll thicken that all right up oh and a teaspoon of marmite but not like a whole teaspoon but not like a level teaspoon because it never comes out of the thing and like just like that like a ball about that much on the end of a teaspoon I really look forward to eating this next time I'm at yours. You're welcome. <laughs> Who's for dessert? So, what have you put in your eye? Ah, uh, it's been a low brain kind of week. I've not been watching anything of any great, um... Same. Any any great degree of brain. Um, no brain. I mean, honestly, I've mostly been watching, um... T- two different YouTube uh, video game playthroughs by the same channel. Oh, yes. Uh, the lovely Wooly Verses mm-hmm. on YouTube. Uh, I've been watching uh, their playthrough uh, uh, with uh, with someone called Reggie of Dark Souls Remastered. Yes. Uh, we've talked about here on here before about their playthrough together of uh, Demon the Demon Souls Remastered yeah. last year. Um, I really enjoy watching them go through Souls games together because uh, Wooly is someone who very much knows his Souls games. Mm-hmm. And is like, hey Reggie, as a newcomer to this series, we'll tackle a new game. I'll leave room, like, I won't call it back too hard. I'll leave you room to make your own mistakes, but I will give you the context the game doesn't really give you, the tools and tips the game doesn't really give you, and sort of remind you of the things that are, you know, take some learning with the Soul series. Yeah. And, you know, they, t- you know, he takes some opportunities to watch Reggie screw up and have a bit of a laugh. But it's generally a very, like, welcoming, hey, I want to see you succeed kind of uh, series, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. I like, I want more of that kind of Souls content, mm-hmm. more of that kind of gaming content in general. Mm-hmm. Hard game, someone teach you and not, you know, laugh at you when you don't know it or, or already. Yeah. Uh, and the other one I've been watching is uh, another one that's a follow-up to a sequel on that channel I already like, uh, which is... Uh, Wooly, Reggie, and uh, their friend mm. Min playing through Dokapon Journey for the DS. Um, so Dokapon Kingdom is uh, was is a Wii game. It's a big multiplayer RPG where there's a lot of opportunities to fuck each other over and to cause like oh no chaos ensued and everyone's a little bit mock angry at each other. Not actually, but like. You have done. You have done a big bad, and now we're having a play fight. Um, Dokapon Journey is uh, a DS remake of a Super Nintendo game, much earlier game in the series, much simpler in its mechanics. A lot of things are simplified, mm. uh, but it's still very much the same idea of go take a bunch of towns and do side quests and get material and uh, level up your character and do big main quests. But also there is like a financial investment system and uh, randomised item wheels and uh, a fun catch-up mechanic where the person in last place can become an an ultra-powerful demon and just sort of wreak havoc on the board. Um, A fun source of chaos. I very much enjoyed their Dokapon Journey playthrough and I've been enjoying their Dokapon Kingdom one as well. It's been Mm -hmm. fun. Uh, what about you? What have you been watching? Um, lots of weird stuff on YouTube. Not yeah. I haven't really had time for like films or shows or anything, but I did watch a two hour and twenty minute uh video or documentary thing yeah. on Rob Scallon's channel on YouTube about building a guitar from scratch with a Pro Luthier. Oh, 
And it talks about like how very fancy like hundred thousand dollar guitars are made. Mm. Like classical six strings and like talking about like how the wood is aged and how mm. it has to be conditioned to be in like like specially treated so that as different things happen to the wood as it will age or be treated yeah. that it doesn't end up, you know, uh, with fucking like with with water within like even the smallest amount of water within mm. the wood is doing weird things, and just talking about like how long they've had some of this equipment and like looking around their their studio, it's all like custom built jigs and like yeah. wood things that they've built themselves, specific tools for doing this one particular mm. job of. Building really beautiful guitars, uh, which is cool because I've never seen a guitar built before. Yeah. So that was a fascinating way to watch it. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with all of their materials. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. It's 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 not the most vegan of, uh, of things. Uh. Um, like there was giraffe bone in there. Mm. Uh, shellac. Which uh-huh. is in fucking everything. Yeah. Um. I think giraffe bone was probably the one that got me. Just like I'm sorry, what? I, that that's one of those ones that you're like, how how did you put that in a guitar and not go? Am I am I am I doing something wrong here? Well, like they were even questioning at the time. Like Rob's like, and and you can just buy gir- giraffe femur, can you? <laughs> oh yeah, where'd you get it? eBay. Where'd you get it from? Japan. <laughs> It it was a giraffe that had lived a full life and it was a zoo animal and when it died at the age of thirty it was like is is thirty young for a giraffe? I don't I don't know giraffe lifespan, <laughs> but like I'm oh. already concerned by this particular oh. thing. Um and then like rendered animal fat loose. Because mm. it's traditional. Like mm. <laughs> But it was fascinating to watch. Like the building of the things and all the planing and the yeah. how things are shaped and why things are shaped the way they are and why like cheaper instruments are maybe not as good, you know, what what faults they will have as a result of their their sort of slightly cheaper uh making ness. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Uh, that's basically everything I've watched this week. Everything you've yeah. watched. Uh I did watch another video on Rob's channel of um the Crystal Bachette. Mm. It's a. Uh, it's another water harp. Have you seen the water harp? The uh, the thing with the the swirling. Uh, like it, 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 it's on like a rotating thing, and you have like a foot pedal to make yeah. this central thing rotate, and then you put your finger on it, and it's like um, yeah. like playing the edge of a glass. Yeah, it's a fascinating thing. I would recommend people check out. It's a weird thing. But what if that? But instead of being like a rotating thing. That you play as it spins. Yeah, it's uh, glass strips, glass like um, like Ooh. rods that are sat out on like a keyboard, and they're attached to these uh, poles which are tuned, and by the by like uh, running your finger across them or tugging them yeah. slightly with a wetened finger, it makes that resonate and it plays like it's. it's Slightly haunting, like most water-based yeah. instruments are. Um, fascinating. Fascinating bit of equipment. Um, I love I, weird instruments. Oh, yeah, same. And I, I think that's why I can very often fall down that rabbit hole of 
what has YouTube got for weird instruments today? <laughs> or the other one is I keep bumping into, um, not watched recently, but um, I think it's Samurai Guitar. Yeah. Does a whole series of like, here is weird shit that people make for guitars. Yeah. Like, um, like electrical bows. Things that just resonate a guitar oh. string that you like put over it and like press a button and it makes a string vibrate like it's being played with a bow. Oh, weird shit like that. Um, turning a six string into a, a twelve string mm -hmm. with just this thing that like straps over the like you know the um on the bottom of the guitar. Yeah, yeah. You've got the little um thing for putting your um, shoulder strap on. Yes. You put uh, like this this six string harp over the top of it. It straps to the top. It's held at the top with a capo. Uh huh. And you turn a stick string into a twelve string. Cool. Like. I don't have a guitar. I can't play guitar. Mm. I'm not interested in trying. I've tried to learn before. I do not have the oh, de God. manual dexterity for same, it. Same, 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 same. But it is fascinating going. People have invented all this weird shit for guitars. Yay! Yay! Um, I think. I think that's. I think that's yeah. everything I have watched this week. Well, that's everything I've watched this week as well. Well then, <gasps> time for this. <laughs> Got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you sometimes find that you have very chilly toes? I do, yeah. But you know, maybe I am like, oof, a bit, a bit warm. Indeed, a bit, yeah. Bit, bit too warm. Sometimes I'm a bit of a radiator, and you're yeah. elsewhere, and a bit of a chilly bean. I am very chilly bean. Our temperatures are often, you know, we could do with a little bit of each other's. We're a bit too much on the extremes. We, we, right. We could. Yeah. I have the worst circulation. Indeed. And for the most part, you are a radiator person. Indeed. That's great when we're in, you know, we're just chilling in bed or something. Mm, you know, tra trap the warms and get yeah. an equal distribution. Yeah. Not so good when, you know, like we're sat on other sofas and, oh. you know, there's nothing trapping the warms. No. No, well, what if there was a thing that trapped the warms? Oh, how are we going to deal with our warms? Would you like colds? to try the relationship air conditioning system <gasps> when you and your partner run at completely different temperature? It siphons the heat off of one straight into the other. Oh, heck, we don't need electricity to make heat to, you know, pump at your, your chilly toes. Just use some of my yeah. overly warm hand temperature. Just send it over yeah. there. Well, be like the the special capillaries will just siphon off that warm, yeah. and into my toesy toes. Ah, oh, this sounds like a very good use of my always being too warm and my always being too cold. Always too warm. Well, that's all right. Oh. I will siphon. You can. I will siphon off of all of my cold. Hooray! Like you, an air conditioning system. You can take some of my warm rather than needing to turn more warm on, and then I'm like, oh no, I've got even more warm. Take it. Use the air conditioning system. Also, you know, it helps with the whole keeping the 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 planet good because we're exactly. using less emissions. We're using the heat our bodies have already made. Yeah, the naturally given heat, exactly. as opposed to anything else. So head on over. To relationshipairconditioningsystem.lol.net and enter the code QNPS191 <gasps> to get £191 off of the full installation and first year's servicing for your relationship air conditioner Ooh, system. Lovely. Yeah. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we got a bit of a problem. Yeah? So... 
you know when people were getting a bit grumbly at us recently because uh, you know harassment in the workplace and stuff. And yeah, and we hired that uh, that chick, that uh, that dame, that doll. Yeah, uh, that that uh, that uh, that that uh, missus that uh, stayed around for like a week and yeah, know, it was enough yeah, to get us headlines. To her? Oh, she had a terrible time, but she stuck around long enough to get us the good headlines. Which yeah, yeah, we yeah. like put her in like diversity or something. Yeah, exactly, and then didn't yeah. pay her as much as us. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what diversity is about? Exactly. It was diverse from how we get paid. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, here's the problem. Yeah. We, one of the ways we try to like get them to stop shouting at us about the whole uh, harassment thing yeah. is we said we were going to take a zero tolerance policy on harassment because, you know, we didn't think they'd find out about any more of it. Yeah, zero tolerance on reporting of harassment. Yeah, they've interpreted it as zero tolerance of people doing the harassing and they want us to fire uh, one of the uh, one of the execs. Right. Like, right. one of the ones that, like, you know, we like. Who's good, who we like having money. Reg? Yeah. But, but... Uh, yeah. Like, can't, can't we just... What if we just move him to another department or something? Well, see, this is what I'm thinking. Because, like, yeah, we gotta find a solution where we're like, we do something, but not actually anything. And it doesn't look like we've walked back on, like, ah, zero tolerance policy. Oh, no, it's Reg that did it. Oh, gotta have some tolerance to that, uh, that behavior. Okay, what if we talk to HR? Yeah. And we just conjure up an entirely fake exec, right? Oh, we we'll, just... We'll yeah. use one of those AI-generated uh, images of a person. Oh, we'll yeah. We'll put them up on the company website. Yeah, we'll here's... say, hey, it's the, that, that yeah. guy, he's we'll... the abusive one, oh. and then we'll be publicly yeah. fire him. We'll, uh, we'll do the thing where we feed, like, 100 or uh, 200, like... Uh, uh, descriptions of executives into a thing and then, yeah. you know, pump out a generic yeah. uh, executive Man. dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, I reckon that works. I think if we fire someone fictional, we definitely had zero tolerance. Zero while, tolerance for that one guy. Yeah, while, you know, very much having tolerance for Reg. Because he's a Reg! Reg, yeah, I go golfing with Reg. Exactly. Who's gonna... Who's gonna bring me mimosas in the afternoon that we can drink together and talk about the uh, interns being scum, if not Reg? Right? Uh, you are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Uh, I haven't listened to a lot, but I've been a couple of. I've listened to a couple of new songs I wanted to talk about. Oh. Uh, let me find that. Uh, so there was. Uh, a track called A Soreness So Familiar It Soon Became Unquestioned by, uh, I didn't write down the fucking band name. I need to double check the band name. I remember the band name being real fucking stupid and I'm now realising I didn't fucking tell you whatever this terrible band name is. Oopsie. Um, it's, it's by Crywank. <laughs> I knew I needed to tell you the name of this fucking band. <laughs> Wait, fucking that... <laughs> Sure. It's quite a contrast with the title. Sure. Uh, so that's that's a soreness so familiar it becomes unquestioned. Uh, by because of the cry wank. <laughs> Have you wanked yourself sore there, friend? Is that what's happened? I mean, it, it's a, it's an interestingly like low t a low tone rhythmic acoustic punk track about low level mental health issues that you you know, don't realise for a long time are bad or aren't normal. Mm. You know that wonderful feeling of, wait, not everyone has this in their brain all the time. Mm. Um, you know, being like, I just, it, it just seems normal because I don't know anything else. Um, interesting, good track. Liked it a lot. 
Uh, there's also a track called Chaotic Good by Hey Steve, uh, which the best way I can describe it is, what if Blur sang a song about a D&D alignment? <laughs> With occasional upbeat la-la-las to sort of mix up the, the, the energy. But also it's clearly about someone who wants to have kinky sex with his D&D friend. Like, there's a lot going on in that fucking song. Yeah. It is a fun, enjoyable, weird little journey. Uh, I really enjoyed a track called Binary by The Spook School. Uh, a Scottish person singing about the beauty of fluidity and the... Uh, you know, the, the the space outside the binary in a gentle, upbeat sort of folk punk um, using computers as a reference point and being like, hey, binary is great for some things. It's not great for everything. You know, here are all the beautiful, wonderful things that exist when, you know, we're not trying to ones and zeros on and off everything. Mm. Um, it uses, uh, it makes really interesting use of like, having occasional bits where, like, there should be a word and in its place is some well-rhythmed-out zeros and ones in combination to just sort of keep bringing the, the binary theme back in, mm. and it uses that as a, like, storytelling motif really well. Mm. It's, a, it's a great little track. Um, j just about, like, hey, the world wants us to be binary, but we're more than that. Mm -hmm. And... It's a lovely track. I recommend it a lot. Nice. What are you listening to this week? Uh, I finished listening to that um, Andy Serkis Reads the Hobbit that I was Ooh. talking about last week. Yeah. That was very good, and I'd forgotten how good The Hobbit is when it's not being butchered by Peter Jackson. <laughs> um, Like, I've not... I don't think I've ever technically read it. It was, uh, quote-unquote... So my mum used to love telling the story that I'd read The Hobbit before I went to school. Me, dyslexic, struggles with everything. She sat me there and just went, read that. And every time I couldn't read a word properly, she would make me sort of sound it out. And if it sounded close enough to the word, she'd let me move on to the next bit. Yeah. And I was forced to do that before I went to school. I still couldn't read properly. Yeah. I still couldn't do any of the other things. She was not as accomplished as she thought she was in that particular aspect. I mean, thought she was or wanted to be. Wanted to be, I guess. Uh, but she'd love to, to tell people that, oh, yeah, she read The Hobbit before she went to school. Lovely. Mm. Um, yeah, so I don't think I've ever actually read it myself. <laughs> I've listened to audio dramas of it. I've obviously had whatever that experience was <laughs> at the age of four. Um, I think you've at this point basically read it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember a couple of times, because I own her original copy. Like, yeah. the copy she bought herself fresh out of, like, her first job. Um, like, it's... I've tried to sit down with it a few times and just been like, I don't have the time or patience to read yeah. this. And that was fine. So it was nice to read like have it read to me and get through it and just enjoy that experience and Yay. circus has a very pleasant voice oh andy circus is great uh yeah and and fun fact the version i was listening to got pulled down the same channel put it straight back up again <laughs> <laughs> and i finished listening to it but since then i have had it advertised to me exactly the same version from about eight different youtube channels on my <laughs> recommended page so if you want it, it's there. Yay! Um, and I've also tracked down on YouTube the complete 
Lord of the Rings, mm, which is about 30 hours long. It's a journey, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, it's about a year-long journey. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will I will probably get started on that at some point, because yeah. I'm, I'm way bigger fan of The Hobbit. But I remember the first time I tried to read through that, it took me like eight months just to get through the first book. Yeah. Because there is a lot of very dull stuff about trees. And when you are a teenager, you don't reading get... <laughs> 300 pages about how beautiful trees are can be difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're already struggling with reading, 300 pages of tree chat ain't gonna help. Talking was so horny for trees, though. Tolkien wanted to fuck a tree. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> fucking convinced he just wanted to stick his dick in a hole in a tree. Ecosexual. And that's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, he invented the, the, the tree ants, and yeah. now there's a tree that can consent. Where did the Entwives go? Tolkien's place. Yeah. <laughs> that's what really happens. Uh... <laughs> Stolfangorn's Stol partner. Yeah. Off they went, scurried away. <laughs> Off to Birmingham. <laughs> uh, well, I listen to other things did, did, I'll, yeah, I'll tell I, 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 I will tell you about those things um, I listened to uh, a track called Creature Half Al- by Half Alive Ooh. Uh, it is a sound that keeps showing up on uh, TikTok yeah. be- because it does um, I, I think it's supposed to be about Jesus that like Jesus doesn't actually come up as a as a as a uh, as a mention in it and for quite too long, for quite a while. Yeah, but uh, there are a lot of people in the. Um... Oh, is is this the one that's going around religious trauma LGBT talk? Um, there's a lot of people talking about relating this to LGBT trauma. Oh, yeah, religious trauma. There's a lot of people who's like I relate to this as a trans person. Oh god, yeah, it's mm. this is the one that's like very um like my I'm reclaiming my body as you know holy and unholy in equal measures. Yes, kind of. Lyrics. I am a creation, both haunted and holy. Yeah, no, I I 100% understand where it's coming from. I have my own religious shit that as a trans person, I'm like, oh hell yeah, I relate to this. I, I fully support the movement to just claim it from the the, the Jesus people going like, nah, it's ours now. Yep. Yeah. We're taking that last verse out and that weird thing that it does with the tempo towards the end. And <laughs> yeah. We're just going to uh. have all the good bits in, in a 20 second TikTok chunk. Um, and I think that is everything I've listened to. Well then, look at this. Hi, hi, yeah, come in. There's uh, there's coffee over there. Oh, there's thank there's you. donuts. Thank um, you. I really appreciate the the invitation. Long with this. Okay, everyone is very welcome here. Oh. Okay, everyone, should we should we gather around? Should we gather around, yeah, everyone? Yeah, let's yeah, yeah. let's just form a circle. Okay, okay, everyone. We'll just we'll just get a bit settled. Uh, we've got a few new faces here today. I can see a few of you. Uh, it's clearly very recent. So, so who would like to start us off? I'd, I'd like to start if it's okay. Okay, um, yeah. Why don't you introduce uh, yourself to the group? Uh, I'm, I'm Bill, and uh, I've been running a D&D campaign for the last, uh, gosh, gosh, it's been about like three years we've been on this campaign, and we were right there at the finish line. We were going to fight the final boss. We were going to retire the campaign and start something mm-hmm. new. And they completely... I... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, they... It's okay, it's okay. Take your time. They befriended a random goat 
and decided this goat was the future of the campaign and they've just been following the goat around in circles for weeks. Everything is about the goat now! I'm having to make up weeks of content about a goat instead of my carefully planned endgame! <sighs> okay, well, you're in the right place. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Does Does anyone else have a story they'd like they'd like to share anyone uh yeah i um hi my name's uh, keith i was uh telling a a, a sci-fi story uh it was largely set on this uh, one space station and uh i i just thought you know maybe fun little cleaning robot you know just like a fun bit of comedy side side relief and uh my characters have spent the last six sessions, a total of about 18 hours now, just trying to learn everything about how to make this robot into a, uh, a sort of super powerful being by building it a, a full-sized robot body, and it, it really is just a, a Roomba with a face. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Okay, we've got probably got time for one more. Does anyone... Does anyone else wish to, to, to like, just tell us a story? I've, I've got one, I've got one. Um, my, 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 my name's uh, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. And, um, so I, I, I don't know how to, how to, how to talk about this. Um, I've got some high charisma characters in our play oh. session. I know, oh. I know. But, like, you know, bards are fun and they come up with, there's good opportunities to have them. Um, but here's the problem. Our, um... Our bard has successfully seduced the last 19 encounters into being friends and or sexual companions and definitely party members. I don't know how we got here, but I now have to voice 19 different NPCs who were meant to be boss level threats who didn't have their fights done while the bard flirts with every one of them every session. I have... I've been roped into virtual polyamory where I'm having a relationship with a, with another character, with the player character and myself. I wasn't ready to have a relationship with myself. I mean, that it's 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 a tale that we hear a lot here. You are you're you're very welcome here. This is a story that I think we all understand, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Grabnar the unkillable just enjoys star shaped chocolates now. But definitely not dead. That's the important thing. No, 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 just... Uh. Okay, I think we're going to take a little break now, everyone. Thanks so much. Why don't you grab this more coffee over there? And we do have donuts. If anyone needs a smoke break, it is just through the doors down the hall. Thank you, thank you. Power Rangers. Chromia is trying to take over Angel Grove. I'm going to have to send you out with Clive. <gasps> Oh, we're finally going to get to meet the new Beige Ranger. Mastodon. Triceratops. Sabretooth Tiger. Pterodactyl. A 1967 Ford Cortina. Gets very good mileage, you see. Ah, oh, what does it transform into? Oh, I mean, it's, 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 it's a four-door. I'm excited to find out how you'll combine with the Megazord to help us save the day. Oh, it's just gonna, you know, it's gonna just drive us over there. I mean, we can sort of do that ourselves. Don't worry, we'll head off and we'll meet you there, and I'm sure you will. Uh, we're excited to see what you do. Okay, see you soon, chums. 
A considerable time later. <laughs> hey, uh, you finally here, Clive? How you doing? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Time to take Chromia down. Oh, we did that like four hours ago. Oh. Honestly, we were kind of worried that something had happened to you. We wanted to like wait here because like we we didn't want you to get here and not find us. What happened? Oh, you know, I was very careful. I took the uh, took the gay roads. You know, best to stay off the motorways as well. So you know, it's a it's a speed limit, not a target. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean. Your car is very low emissions, that's at least going to help us fight Politicorn. Oh, we have to do Politicorn next. I... We might as well while we're here, I guess. Okay, hop in, chums. I'll, I'll just... Yeah, in you go. Shall I, shall I move the seat forward for you? Have you got enough legroom back there? Not really, but fine. Clive, away! <laughs> Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social Justice Warriors. Social Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, you know, a bit, uh, bit tired, you know, been uh, up and about, like, long day. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Yeah, I've had yeah. a big old, big old long one today. Yeah, well, you know, we were uh, up, uh, up for that protest, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they had a conversion therapy one going on. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, more than that, eh? I mean, it's it's been a big old long day. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised how many people did not know that that was a thing going on. Well, I mean, they, it sounds like they they kept it pretty hush hush. I mean, we didn't even know where we were supposed to be going until first thing this morning. Yeah, it was like a six in the morning message, being like, right, I guess that's where we're going. But yes, yeah, uh, uh, unsurprisingly, people that uh, preach for conversion therapy don't like to publicise that fact because they. Uh, <laughs> are aware people will push back against it. They are aware it's uh, not a position that they do well with under scrutiny. No, no. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a lot, it was a lot. Uh, watching watching right-wing Christian people in the UK, you know, so brazenly try and get uh, members of Parliament to just support their stances and doing so with such fucking weaselly language. Like, yeah. the level of... Oh no no! We're not trying to force anyone to not be gay or not be trans. We ju- we just want the option to do so if someone wants us to, you know, which completely ignores like yeah, you know, you know f- coercing you know yeah. left wing language of consent and so forth and and and, yeah. and things like that just to try and you know make it a little bit more palatable when yeah. what they're doing is absolutely uh, abhorrent. Well, like, a thing that was, like, very clear, I, ta- I, ta- was a- I taught briefly to one of the uh, people, uh, one of the people speaking at you when he came out, and yeah, uh, yeah. he kept trying to present it as, like, well, it's okay if you've got, you know, consent, and, you know, if someone's consented to conversion therapy from their church, and it's like, yeah, but there's a lot of situations that would be permitted under what you want that are not, you know, not really consent, you know. Yeah, what kind of pressures has that yeah. person been put under in order to get to this plot point where they're like, oh, yeah. oh I suppose I consent, yeah. Well, like, you know, a really good example is, uh, you know, kids under 18. If you are in a religious family and you're under 18, uh, let's say your parents are religious, there's a very good chance you won't feel safe, you know, saying no to conversion therapy yeah. because what if the people who keep food and a roof over your head... Do not support you. Yeah, you know, you know if, if that if if your you know general 
needs, you know, t- just to live are being uh, withheld for you until you uh, consent. That, that's not consent. Exactly. And like, on top of that, you've got stuff like, uh, you know, even if we're just talking about adults, let's say you're someone who's been uh, religious your whole life, has been a Christian your whole life. There is a certain degree of, I will go to hell for this. And that is a pressure that could, you know, uh, persuade someone to consent to something they don't want to do. Uh, there is religious group pressure. There is other people telling you, this is the way to fix yourself and you're terrible if you don't and you're not trying hard enough and praying hard enough if you don't. That is going to get people to quote-unquote consent who aren't actually consenting. They just don't feel they have an option to say no. Yeah, and let's be fair, this isn't any kind of therapy, despite what they're, they're, oh, they're going to no, call it. No, it is no, essentially, no. you know, hate yourself and torture yourself until such time as you uh, conform B- in, build, in a way that they find yeah. acceptable. Build enough self-loathing and self-hatred that you are able to bottle down, at least for a while, let's note that usually it doesn't last very long, but for a while bottle down who you are at great personal mental expense. Yeah, you know, look at the number of uh, ex-gay people who've, you know, years later come back and go, no, I was brainwashed, I apologise for all the damage I did while I was... Uh, you know, a figurehead for that movement, and you yeah. Know, but again, they'll move. They'll ditch them as soon as that's their stance, and they'll find some new, freshly yeah, yeah, out people to jump on. But uh, terrible. Yeah, it's a lot, and uh, you know, at the very least, people now know that that shit was going on, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. you know, attention was brought to it. And if nothing else, we made him feel fucking uh, uncomfortable coming in. Which Good, you know, they, you know, Nazis and, and fascists and, and bigots of all, all all stripes should be made to you know feel uh, you know uncomfortable and exactly. afraid and unwelcome because they are. Yeah. Every time I saw one of them have to walk into that venue, you know, doing the head down shame walk of not wanting to acknowledge what they were doing, I was like. Just hold on to that feeling for a bit. Yeah, maybe, feel that re- shame. maybe remember, like, why are you feeling guilty? Maybe examine that. Yeah, it's like some 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 therapy. I for mean, that, you know, maybe yeah, forgiveness yeah. and you know, exactly. actually letting some love into your heart. Exactly. Oh, hug, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. There you go, some love in your heart. Yeah. yeah. Good hug, mate. Good hug. Right, I think I'll uh, go pop the kit on. I'll go have an early night. Oh, nice one. You rest, mate. You rest. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. So, Laura. (gasps) Yes? We've got a book. We do. Yeah, we do. It's it's called uh, Who Hunts the Whale. It is called Who Hunts it's, the Whale. It's a it's a novel. We did yeah. a novel together. Yeah. We did a read through of it. Yeah. It's real good. We read the whole thing start yeah. to finish, and we're real happy like five with it. Five or six hours of good book there. Yeah, we had a real good time going through a real good book, and we're adding even more good book to it before we're done. Yeah, I've done a second draft on January and February. Indeed, and I'm going to have a look at those tomorrow. Oh. Um, but yeah, if you want to support that book, if you search Who Hunts the Whale. Unbound, or if you go to unbound.com forward slash books forward slash whale, you can find the book. Go do it at a support. Order a copy. It'll help us 
to be able to do the thing. Mm-hmm. Your support means that we can put the thing out and you can go, ah, have the thing, and then you can read the thing. And then you can be like, ha 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 ha, also the people in the gaming industry should unionize. In this fictional book, definitely. Definitely. No parallels you could draw to the real world, I'm sure. What even is a parallel? Ah, oh, it's sad. Uh, n- not not a thing I'd know about. Something to do with map coordinates, right? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, that's yeah. who hunts the whale. Go give it a look. Unbound.com slash book slash whale. Yeah. Give it a look. <gasps> uh, what, what else you do? Uh, Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. TikTok. I've got a bunch of stuff I want to make TikToks about. I just haven't had the mental brain space for it. But I'll start doing that again soon. Uh, you can find my other books if you search them. They're out now. Uncomfortable Labels, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, Gender Euphoria. They're just out now. You can go, go check them out. Go get them. You get them as a book if you like. You can get uh, two of those as a signed bundle with Who Hunts the Whale if you want some mm-hmm. signed books. Um, other than that, other podcasts, Pixel Squirts about video game porn, uh, Podquisition, we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect, Dice Funk is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, each season's its own story. I'm on seasons three through eight. What about you? What are you, uh, what are you doing with that, my wifey woo? Me? Yeah. I'm writing that book. <gasps> yeah. I, but I do other stuff too. Yeah. I stream. I, I, I'm, on, I'm on the Twitter. I watch TikTok. I do not make stuff there for it. I've had some ideas. I do not have time. <laughs> um, I make t-shirts that are available from my Redbubble. You get a frighteningly gay shirt. Or who knows what else. I I approve of the frighteningly gay shirt. Some days I'm just feeling frighteningly gay. Sometimes everyone's a little bit frighteningly gay. It's got a cute bunny on it that's cute. Um, What else? I do all sorts of things. Most of my stuff can be found at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. That's the one that pays my dill bill. Pays my dills? Yes, it buys me pickles. Yay! Uh, pickles, pickles. Pickles. For you, not for me. I, I'm... I'm a trans girl travesty. I don't like pickles. I will eat your pickles. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can help me fund pickles. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 76-hour work week as well. Or if you wanted to get early access to Grim Pleasant Strangers and things of that nature, that is also available there for as little as $10 a month. Uh, all of my links can be found at streamerlinks.com slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Thank you very much for joining us, Laura. Sing us out. Sing us out. Do that. (laughs) Until next time, be a stranger. Go, go, beige ranger. Go, go, beige ranger. Do, 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 do. Go, go, beige ranger. And chums. <laughs> <laughs>